You're listening to the Grace Family Church Podcast. Notes for today's sermon are available by downloading the GFC Florida app. God is so good. You may be seated. What a great way to kick off, man. Baptisms on every campus, old life to new life. I mean, I'm, I'm pumped. I'm just letting you know. I'm fired up. I mean, literally for the church, this is Super Bowl weekend, right? I mean, the greatest, listen, the greatest comeback ever. Jesus Christ raised from the dead. I mean, dead for three days, there's no hope, it's over. Christianity, there's no movement, nothing's gonna happen, and all of a sudden, he rises from the dead. Greatest comeback ever, yeah. Hey, can we welcome all of our campus? Start out at Atlanta Lakes and right here at Lutz and then Temple Terrace and Carewood, Ebor, South Tampa and our brand new campus in Clearwater. We were supposed to open grand opening in our building. Didn't get in in time. Pray for my bitterness over the city of Largo building department. I'm doing better. But they're meeting in a tent outside in the parking lot. Come on, yeah. And those who are also watching online. But really, the celebration of Easter for the, for the church is it's the cornerstone. Jesus Christ is resurrection from the dead. It's, it, is the, it is the Super Bowl. It's, it's, it's something that, that without that, then nothing else really would, would matter because it proved that he was God. Uh, but you know, before Sunday, there was a Friday. How many of you know that? And we call it Good Friday. The reason we call it Good Friday, because believers can look back and go, it was a good thing that Jesus died. But in that day, that was the worst day ever for his apostles. Think about those 12 disciples and those followers. They've been with him for three years, and they've been following him, and he's their rabbi, he's their leader, he's their Messiah, and they're fired up, and they see that Jesus is going to take them to this other kingdom, and they're going to be delivered from the Roman Empire, and then he gets accused and and falsely accused and, and on trial, he's beaten with a whip 39 times. They nail him to a cross and they're sitting there watching their savior. Then he dies and then he's buried and he's dead and they see all this happening like worst day ever. The reason they thought it was their worst day ever, they did not know Sunday was coming, amen? How many of you know your worst day could be the best day ever because Sunday is coming for many in this place. I believe that. I believe God has a Sunday for you. I really do. I really do. Um, but I think of worst day ever, and I'm, uh, we probably all had a few worst days. And, and this isn't really a big one for me, but I had a worst day ever this year. It was in February. Brady retired. I was discouraged. I was depressed. I mean, they already lost in the playoffs. And now Brady's not on the Buccaneer team. And my wife's like, come on, you got to pull yourself out of this. And I was just, I have a Brady crush. What can I say? I'm like, my man Brady, he, he left us. He abandoned us. He retired. And I was really struggling. I said, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have a talk with Tom. So I did. Now, Tom, I know you made a decision, but my question is, have you really prayed about it? I really think you need to pray because I felt the Lord's told me something different regarding your decision. So, Tom, I'm, I'm just praying that you will pray about this decision because I believe God's called you back to Tampa Bay. Come on, man. That was in February. And then March 13, Brady is back. He's been resurrected. Things are looking possible or possible. And I know you're going, man, this is supposed to be about Jesus. It is. 
And uh, it really is. Jesus' resurrection is way, way, way more important. But, but it was just kind of cool to, to see that happen. And in fact, I, I have a special treat for you. Tom's here today. Tom, come on out. Say hi to everybody, Tom. <laughs> Say hi, Tom. See, Tom's in my office. Hey, Tom, we're so glad that you prayed about it. Aren't you glad he prayed about it? Come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Some of you are like, you're doing this on Easter? Hey, have a little fun. How many know it's okay to have fun in church? Okay, just make sure you know that. You can tell those who are really religious, they get this angry look on their face, you know. But we're glad that it is Easter weekend. You know what's cool about the Easter to me? It's, it's, a, it's a sign of, what if you could start your life over again? What if you could say, you know, I, I wish I could get a fresh start. I wish I could have a new start. I wish I could have a second chance. You know, God offers that to us. In fact, it's kind of like, I, I, anybody play golf on any of our campuses, golfers here? Yeah, well, you know what a mulligan is. A mulligan is when maybe you hit a bad shot and it goes in the water and a friend who really loves you says, take another shot. Here's another ball, no penalty. And you get a mulligan. God offers you and I a mulligan. We get to swing the club one more time. We don't get penalized for that bad shot. That's what God offers us. One of my favorite verses in the Bible is in 2 Corinthians 5, 17. It says this, therefore, if anyone, I love that anyone, that includes any of us, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone. Aren't you glad the old is gone in our lives for many of us? Man, I'm telling you. God's forgiven me of my past. The old is gone. And then it says, the new is here. The resurrection power of Jesus has the power to transform our lives, not only forgive us of sins, but to give us a new life. That's what fires me up. There's five kind of resurrection stories I want to share. And I'm going to summarize them. Believe me, it won't be long. And they kind of have a worst day, best day theme to them. And, and, and the first one, we actually just finished a series on the book of Jonah. And Jonah, for those you who don't know, was a prophet. And one day God spoke to Jonah and said, I want you to go to a city called Nineveh. And he says, nope, I'm not going. And actually he started going the opposite direction. He began to run away from God. How many of you know running from God is not a good idea? Because you can never hide from him, number one. And so Jonah was running from God, and, and, and when he was running from God, it's like many, some, some of us maybe in this room, maybe you're running from God. But Jonah, he ran from God, but he can't get away from him, and he ends up, uh, long story short, these sailors throw him overboard, he's sinking to the bottom of the ocean, he's thinking it's over, and the Bible says that the Lord provided a big fish. And this big fish swallowed Jonah. And his worst day ever was disobeying God. But his best day ever was actually being swallowed by that whale. Because the Bible says the very first thing he did when he was swallowed by the whale, it said he prayed out, he cried out to the Lord. Wouldn't that be a good thing to do? You know, that we would cry out to the Lord. And, and really what Jonah did was he humbled himself. He said, okay, God, I'm going to do it your way. My way is not working. Please give me a second chance. He humbles himself. Humility is a good thing, by the way, for all of us. And the Bible says that when he humbled himself, the Lord commanded the fish to spit him out on the shore, and boom, he was spit out. What does Jonah have to do with you and I? Well, a lot. Some of us maybe have been running from our calling. God's tapped you on your, on your, on the, on your shoulder. You're running from the calling he has in your life. Some of you might be running from God's truth. You know it's true, but you're running from God's truth. Maybe some of us are hiding from our shame. We don't know what to do with it. 
What are you running from? What are you running from today? Listen, the Lord would say, stop running. You know why? Come on, turn to someone next to you and tell them this. God is for you. Tell them, God's for you. He's not against you. What are we running from a God who is for you? And uh, Jonah, best day ever, being swallowed by that one. I wonder for some of us, it's been three weeks you've been in the belly of a whale. Maybe it's been three months. Maybe it's been three years. Maybe it's been 30 years. The good news is you can be out today if you'll humble yourself and let God do a work in your life. How many of you believe that? I do. I, I believe that. Another, another resurrection story really is Jesus is telling a parable and he used parables to teach people about his truth and about who he was and who his father was. And many of you know this story. It's called the prodigal son parable. And, and Jesus says there's a man who had two sons and the younger son, the prodigal son, basically I'm gonna paraphrase a little bit before he said, you know what? I'm sick and tired of living under my father's household. I'm tired of his rules. I'm tired of his curfews. I wanna do when I wanna do it. I'm, I'm tired of him telling me what to do and who to hang out with. I wanna leave this house. Sounds like maybe you're a 16 year old. I don't know. But I can tell you this, he said this too, it was awful. He goes, I can't even wait for you to die for my inheritance. I want my inheritance now. Give me my money now. And the Bible says that the father gave him his share of the inheritance. And this prodigal thought, this is the best day ever. Out from under my dad's house, do what I want, whatever I want to do. I got money in my pocket, best day ever. Actually, it was his worst day ever. But kind of follow the story with me. A few days later, this younger son packed all his belongings and moved to a distant land, and there he wasted all his money in wild living. Come on, anyone done that before? Keep your hands down. Right? About this time, his money ran out, a great famine swept over the land, and he began to starve. Verse 17 is a key, underline it. When he finally came to his senses... Best day ever in your life is when you come to your senses. Your best day ever is when the Spirit of God goes deep into your soul and says, something's not right, something's wrong, something's off. He came to his senses. That was his best day ever, and that's my prayer for you. That man, maybe, maybe there's just been this void in your life and you're realizing something's not right, something's broken. That awareness could be possibly your best day ever if you respond the right way to God. So he says this, he comes to his senses and he said, at home, even the hired servants have food enough to spare, and here I am dying of hunger. I will go home to my father and say, Father, I love his humility. Come on, everyone say humility. Every, come on. Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you. I am no longer worthy of being called your son. Please take me on as a hired servant. Man, I'll sleep in the barn. Just let me come home. Stop there for a moment when you think about it. His best day was when he was stripped of everything and he was broken and desperate. His best day is when he came to himself and he admitted, God, I'm wrong and you're right. That was his best day ever. And then the Bible says that, and, and, that the father saw him from a long way off. I can get emotional in this story because we don't know how long he was gone, months, years, but the Bible says the father saw him from a long way off. As his son was coming home, it said he saw him and he looked on him with compassion. Man, he said, this is my son. And then in verse 24, it says, for this son of mine was dead and has now returned to life. He was lost, 
but now he is found. And I love this part. So the party began. Come on, man. God knows how to party. In fact, every time somebody repents in the Bible, something good always happens. Did you know that? And something good can happen in our lives today if we would come to our senses. It's best day ever. You know, the road to redemption, to restoration, it always starts with humility. That's the pathway to really recovery in our lives. You know, there's a 12-step program that really most of us know, it's, it was based on Christian principles. Did you know that? The 12-step process principles. Step one, admit you're powerless over your sin, your tendencies, your habits, and your addictions. It takes humility to do that. By the way, we have a thing called Celebrate Recovery. For those who have habits and addictions and hang-ups at Orlando Lakes Campus, free infomercial, check it out. Step two, you recognize there's a greater power, which we know is Jesus, the Son of God, our Savior. Step three, we admit to God that we are wrong. No more blaming others. Takes humility to do that. Step four, we surrender control of our life to him. And then peace floods your soul. See, it's a principle from the Word of God. There's another story, the two criminals on the cross. Many of us know Jesus was nailed to that cross, but on that cross, he had a conversation. Very interesting. The first guy says, hey, Jesus, if you're God, if you're who you say you are, he's saying it with arrogance and pride and entitlement, get us down off this cross. If you, if you, save, if you can, save yourself and save us too if you're God's son. You know what Jesus did? Nothing. He didn't respond to pride. You know why? Because the Bible says God resists the proud. But there's another guy. The other criminal says this. I'm paraphrasing. Why don't you shut up? Don't you understand we are getting what we deserve? But this man is innocent. He recognized, had an awareness, something that was convicting his heart and soul that who was next to him was the Son of God. And he says, hey, Jesus, remember me in your kingdom. In that moment, the worst day ever for this criminal became his best day. All in one moment because Jesus looked at him because he saw his humility, he saw his brokenness, and he said, today you'll be with me in paradise. Come on. Man, is that, it's never too late. I mean, I, that story blows me away. You know, the Bible tells us that Satan was kicked out of heaven because of pride. And I said earlier, God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. One thing that I'm sure of, just as I'm sure of death and taxes, another thing I'm sure of, there will be no proud people in heaven. None. The fourth resurrection story is the story of Lazarus. He was one of Jesus' best friends. One day Jesus is doing his ministry and, uh, and, and Mary and Martha, the sisters of Lazarus, were trying to get a message to Jesus, and I guess their cell phone battery was dead. I don't know what was going on at the time. Called Uber, I, nothing, I don't know what happened. But we know this, that the message got to him, and he got there really, really late. Jesus finally shows up, and everybody's crying, and they said to Jesus, you're too late, he's already dead. And, and, and here's what's moving about this. The Bible says that Jesus wept. He saw their pain. He felt their pain. Let me tell you something. Jesus sees your pain and feels your pain. Never think God doesn't care. He does care. The Bible says that he wept 
But then he tells them, where is he at? He goes, well, he's over here in this cave. You know, they, back then they put people in a cave and they rolled a big rock over it. And he said, well, take me to him. They take him to him. And, and, they, and he says, roll the stone away. He said, no, 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 gee, you don't understand. He stinketh. I'm using the King James Version. He stinketh. Jesus said, roll it away anyway. They roll the stone away and the power of the resurrected Jesus Christ, he wasn't even resurrected at the time, but his power was there, said, Lazarus, come forth. And the Bible says he came out of his grave clothes back to life again. Can you imagine the dinner that night? Man, there's some stories going around. Well, I never think about that. But when I think about this story, it's interesting. Is Jesus is never late. You know, it's never too late for God to resurrect your life, to restore your life, to restore your marriage, to restore that broken relationship. It's never too late for God to even redeem the rest of your life. Some of us feel, man, I've wasted my life. God can redeem your life today if you'll humble yourself. Amen. He's a God that can resurrect things. And then I, I think of the, the worst day ever, really, was the, the Jesus Christ, right? Think about it. It's a Friday. We still call it Good Friday. It was Jesus' worst day ever. He knew he had to do it. He knew he had to pay the price. He knew exactly what was going to go on. It didn't make it any better for him. The Bible says that when they, they put him on trial, they beat him 39 times with a whip. They hung him on the cross. And, and as he hung there on that cross, it was his worst day ever. Not just a physical agony. People always focus on the physical part, the nails. What was more devastating to Jesus wasn't that. It was the total separation from God. Because the Bible tells us that he said this as he was dying. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Because see, at that moment where Jesus took the sin of the world, your sin and my sin on his own body, the Bible tells us God had to judge sin. And for the first time in the existence of Jesus, he felt God's presence turn his back on him. He felt the rejection of God Almighty because he had to pay that penalty so you and I would never have to be forsaken by God. Folks, that's good news for you and me. Man, the Bible puts it this way in 2 Corinthians 5, for God made Christ who never sent to be the offering for our sin. Come on, everyone say the offering for my sin. Come on, everybody. My sin. Proud people can't say that. But humble people know they need a Savior. I don't just need a Savior one time. I need a Savior every day. How about you? His mercies are new every morning, the Bible says. And so we see this worst day for Jesus becomes the best day for many. In Ephesians, Paul describes the life of a Christian before Christ and then after Christ. Once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins, you used to live in sin just like the rest of the world. Anyone remember those days? I remember those days. I'm not perfect. But I remember those days. But God is so rich in mercy. Aren't you glad he's rich in mercy, not stingy? Like you get some, but you don't. Because that's the third time you've done that. No more for you. 
I don't understand the mercy of God, but I sure appreciate it. I sure receive it every day because I need God's mercy every day in my life, but proud people never ask for God's mercy. He says, God is so rich in mercy and he loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's grace that you have been saved. In my notes, I wrote this. What we couldn't do for ourselves, God did for us through Jesus. See, a lot of people say, oh yeah, 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 Jesus died for my sins. No, when you really understand it, it goes to the core of your souls. You don't just say, yeah, Jesus died for my sins. You say, Jesus, I surrender my life to you. That's our response to what he did for us. He's not only calling Lazarus' name, I believe he's calling your name. I believe he's calling you to a new way of living. I believe God's calling you from your past and in the darkness. He's calling you from that dead, empty place in your life into a new life. And he's calling your name. Maybe it's Mary. He's calling Mary or Jane or Jonathan or Joe or Lisa or Mary. Listen, I'm, listen real closely. I believe he's calling your name right now. God is always calling. It's a matter, are we listening? You know, I know that Easter weekend, a lot of us maybe come to church because, you know, our girlfriend drug us there, or our parents said, please come on Easter. Uh, if you don't come, you don't get Sunday brunch with us. You know, they're bribing you to come. And, and it's kind of like one of those things where you check the box, right? Okay, go to church, check the box. I did it. See you next year. Kind of, I, I get that. In fact, I used to check the box. Many of you know my story, that Debbie, who led me to the Lord, but when I first started seeing her, she wouldn't go out on a date with me, so I went to church with her. Come in with a hangover to church. I'd check the box. I'm just going to go through the motion. Check the box. Check the box. One day, I didn't check the box. You know what happened? The Holy Spirit came and convicted me. I came to my senses. I became aware of who I was and what I needed and who he was and what he offered me. Best day of my life. Just wondering today. It won't be a check the box day. Maybe for you, this is the best day because you made the best decision in your life the best day ever begins the beginning of the best life you'll ever live is the Holy Spirit convicting you right now he is the Bible says he stands at the door and he knocks maybe he was knocking on the door during the worship or maybe it's because people have been praying for you and they brought you here today or maybe you've been sitting here for years and you've checked the box. You've never really made that full commitment to Jesus Christ. Or maybe you're like the prodigal. You kind of wandered away, but you know what? It's time to come home. You've been running from the truth, but it's time to say, you know what? I'm coming back home. I'm going to recommit my life to God. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be all in with God. I believe the Holy Spirit is tapping on your heart. He's knocking on that door. What do you do when someone good is at the door? You open the door. And so that's what we want to do. I want to pray for you, but everyone go ahead and, and take this little, some of you already opened up the seal because you just couldn't wait. You had to open it up. You should have got a little, open, open up your little envelope. Did everyone get one? You should have got one in your bulletin. Pull it out, every campus. This is your new birth certificate because that's what Jesus offers us, a new birth, a new start, a new life. And now, what's interesting about this, so, to have a new birth actually there needs to be a funeral. 
You can have a funeral and a new birth all in the same day because the funeral is you saying, you know what? I'm leaving my old life. I'm leaving my old ways. I'm leaving. I, I don't want that. I want to move a different direction in my life. And I know I need God's power and God's forgiveness to do it. I need a new identity. I, God, I, I need you. And if it's Jesus, that's the bridge to you. I want Jesus in my life. That's what this is all about. It's what it's all about. So on every campus, I would like just to pray for you for a moment if I can. Because really what, what God did, he traded places with you and I so we could experience life. So on every campus, would you just bow your heads just for a moment? Nothing weird is going to happen. But on every campus, just bow your head. I want to pray with you. You can pray your own prayer. It's not like I have a magical prayer, but it's got to be from your heart. It requires humility to pray what I'm going to pray. Proud people can't pray this. Humble people can receive God's grace and mercy for the very first time. You can say it out loud or under your breath. It doesn't matter. Just say this with me. Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. You paid the price so I could be forgiven. I don't understand it all. But today I declare you are my Savior and I surrender my life to you. Thank you for forgiving me and giving me a new birth, giving me a new life, a new start, a new purpose. Let the old me die. Let the resurrected Christ bring that new life into me right now. Thank you, Jesus. I trust you. I follow you from this day forward. Amen. Now listen, on every campus, I know, might be one, might be two, might be many. I know there's people who made a decision for Jesus Christ today. And I'll tell you, one of the most important things you can do is let us help you follow through. Everyone have your little new birth certificate. Come on, get it out. Because I know that sometimes people don't want to be the only one tearing off this part to get the information. So everyone, will you tear that piece off, all of us, so no one feels weird if they're maybe for the first time doing it and everyone's looking, ooh, they did it. No, everyone do it. Everyone do it right now. You'll see on here, for some, it's a recommitment. For some, it's a first-time commitment. I'm going to ask you to take a brave, courageous step, and humble people can do this. Declare it. Let us know. Put your name on every camera. Put your name on this. Email, phone number, something. And then in a moment on every campus, they're going to show you like over here. We're, we're, we're right over here on this side. They're going to do it in a moment. We want to take this card and they have a, a, a shirt. It's just it's symbolic of I've been made new. You're making, you're putting your uniform on. You're saying, man, I made a decision today. Over here on our campus, it's right over here. You can see them. On the other campuses, it's going to be in a different location. But I want you to go ahead and make that decision and be proud of your decision, a good kind of pride. Not be ashamed of the decision you made today. In fact, maybe you came with a friend or a family member. You know, sometimes we just need a little encouragement. You know, sometimes we just need someone to, to grab us by the hand and help walk with us to a new place, a new start in your life. So maybe you're with a friend or a family member and you would say to them, hey, you know what, in a moment, I'm going to need you to help me do this.
want you to help me walk down and 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 because we want to we want to give you this card and give you a free book and help you take some next steps. And then also for those who are already registered to be baptized on all of our campuses, baptism is going to happen. And by the way, those who just accepted Christ, just get it all at one time. I mean, the Bible says repent, believe, and be baptized. You can do it all right now. This is better than Walmart. You get it all right now, right now. You can, you can. We have, we have designer baptism clothes for you. We'll help you do it. But more importantly than that, even, is make sure you give us that card so we can help you take some next steps. Amen. Can we turn it over to our campus? Let's celebrate all those who gave the lights. Let's have a party. Yeah. All our campus pastors. Thank you for listening to the Grace Family Church podcast. For more info, check out gfcflorida.com or connect with us by texting the word CONNECT to 81313. We look forward to meeting you at one of our locations soon.